we're going to continue in our sermon series uh, on the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, yeah, I've entitled my sermon this morning, Gently Down the Stream. And I thought it would be funny to show this video because, you know, the word says that the tongue holds the power of life and death, right? And so the words we speak sometimes have the ability to bring life and to bring death. In a world, uh, I think, where everyone has an opinion, uh, how, how we're overreacted on opinions and feedback and, and something like you know, a Google review, uh, Facebook and social media, right? Everybody has a voice now, whether you want to hear. It's like, I didn't ask you to give me feedback on a post that I made on my social media, but everybody has access to say what they want and uh, give their opinion. And uh, Has anybody ever gotten feedback on something you've posted on social media? Or someone made a comment that you weren't looking for and you're kind of like everything in you, right? Anybody? Just me? Okay, awesome. It just, it just happens, right? And the word, uh, you know, scriptures tell us this in Philippians 4 or 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. And the passage of scripture we've been looking at for the past few weeks are, you know, lists the fruits of the spirits in Galatians, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and there is no law against these things. Um, so I thought I'd put together a few slides just in case you're not sure, because sometimes we struggle with gentleness and what it might mean, and especially in this day and age where gentleness is sometimes seen as a weakness, uh, which is not, and we're going to get into that. But I put a few slides together, and we're going to play a little bit of an activity this morning that I like to call, This is Gentle and This is Not. All right, can we do that this morning? Are you with me? Here's the first one. This is gentle. Right? Would everybody agree? A dove. Right? This, however, is not a vulture. Right? That's an easy one. You with me? Will we agree? All right. The next one. This is gentle. Just picture being at your masseuse, right? Like that music is gentle. It's relaxing. But this, however, is not. All right, that's it's really not, right? We did that one in soundcheck this morning. Everybody was kind of like, yeah, and I'm like, it worked. It worked. Next one, this is gentle, right? But this is not. This is gentle. Actually, listen, let's just be clear. This this whole one-ply stuff is not gentle, right? So this is like a two, three-ply. We're just going to leave the argument there that toilet paper in general, if it's not one-ply, is gentle, right? Are we? Okay, we'll just, we'll move on. The next one, this is gentle. Oh, but this is not. <laughs> this is gentle, right? Cotton swab, everybody, yeah, cotton swab. But this is not. Go to the dentist, right? Cringe. Anybody else cringe when you see that drill? Last one. You're with me? This is gentle. Do you know who that is? Mother Teresa. Would you all agree this is gentle? All right. And finally, this is not. All right. Let's move on. Let's get, let's get Donald Trump off our screen this morning. We're going to make our Google reviews go down even more. How are we to be gentle, though, Ask you, like, how are we to be gentle in one of the most abrasive societies that we live in? Famous sermon ever preached was the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus talked about the Beatitudes, right? 
And in Matthew 5, he says, God blesses those who are gentle. And he didn't stop there. He said, God blesses those who are gentle. The whole earth belongs to them. Think about that for a second. In your walk, are you being gentle? Because God blesses those who are gentle. The whole earth belongs to them. Imagine being able to watch the Apostle Paul in action, thinking about this week and, and how he treated people, especially those who often failed, right? It seems like Paul was often addressing people and, and kind of correcting and, and bringing correction and bringing uh, direction and kind of leadership. And in First Thessalonians, Paul gives us a glimpse of how he treated others, and he says this, we were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her children. Paul didn't come in and say, we did this, and we, you know, you messed up. Like, Paul dealt with that a lot. And he didn't come in yelling, kicking, and screaming and saying, you need to fix this. You need. But he said, we were gentle among you. Like a mother caring for her children. Gentleness is a strong hand with a soft touch. It's a tender, compassionate approach towards others. Gentle person speaks with truth, sometimes even painful truth. But in doing so, guards his own tone so that the truth can be well received. Are you with me? I'll put it this way. If people like what they see in your life, they'll listen to what you say. If people like what they see, if they like what you're giving off, if they like, you know, when you're being squeezed, as we've been talking about with the fruit of when your life's being squeezed and you're under stress and people like what they see, how you react and how you treat them, then they're going to listen to what you say. We're going to come back to this a little later, but the reality is people aren't going to trust you till they're not going to trust Jesus until they trust you. Would that be a fair statement? They're not going to trust Jesus until they trust you. They're not going to listen to this uh, amazing teacher, you know, the savior of the world. And we're saying, Jesus is this and he's this. And they're like, but you follow him and you're nothing like him. <laughs> if we're not showing that same thing, people aren't going to trust it. So we'll come back to that a little later. But in a market-driven, ego-driven culture, you, hear, you don't hear a lot on gentleness. Even as I was preparing for this sermon, I joked to Matt. I'm like, you know, I've been reading, I've been studying the word. And then sometimes you go, you know, and... And you, you search, see what other people are saying. And there's not a whole lot of sermons out there about gentleness. And it's been probably one of the toughest ones for me because uh, uh, how many of you know sometimes when you're preparing a sermon, uh, we, I say this often, but all week, you know, all last week getting ready for this, it's kind of like I'm preaching to myself and reminding myself. And my wife would tell you that I'm maybe not the most quietest person and that sometimes could be uh, interpreted as not being gentle. It just so happens that my parents happen to be here this morning from the East Coast, so they could surely tell you stories about uh, not being so gentle uh, with things growing up. I'm loud naturally, so that comes across sometimes as not being gentle, right? And so all week I'm preparing for this, and I'm like, God, what? I chose this topic. Why did I do that to myself? Because we all need to grow in it, right? We all need to learn. We all need to be taking extra steps towards that. And so gentleness is a, a Greek word, uh, proutus, it's in the Bible. And it talks about mild gentleness and mild and gentle friendliness. Gentleness sometimes gets interchanged with meekness. Anybody read a different version that says meekness, right? Meekness gets a bad rap sometimes, I think, because meekness rhymes with what? Weakness. But meekness is not weakness. Gentleness is not weakness. There's a... Uh, there's an essential component for this quality that comes into play in the Bible, and I want you to follow this. I didn't put it on the slides, but uh, I thought it was good. I added it in a little bit last night, but 
It's essentially this component, the quality for meekness, for gentleness. It's a conflict in which an individual is unable to control or influence their circumstances. Anybody ever been there? You have something happen, it's out of your control, right? And so there's a conflict that happens internally where you cannot control or influence your circumstances. Some of us are going through these things right now where it's like, oh my goodness, I have no control over this. I want to... And there's a conflict happening internally, right? So the typical human response in such a circumstance is frustration, bitterness, anger, right? Am I speaking to the choir? I'm speaking to myself, right? Something happens. You can't control it. You're angry. You're bitter. Like, God, why would this happen to me? Why is this happening to me? I'm angry. I'm bitter. I'm frustrated. And here is the essential component where meekness or gentleness comes into play in our walk as Christians, the one who's guided by God's spirit accepts God's ability to direct those events. You see what I'm saying? Something happens, it's out of your control, you have the ability to be frustrated, anger, or bitter, or you could recognize that God has the ability to direct these events. So I'll put it this way. Gentleness is therefore an active, deliberate acceptance. We'll stop there, right? Gentleness, an active, deliberate, like on purpose acceptance of undesirable circumstances. Something happens, you're not happy with it, you didn't anticipate it, you can't control it, you can't guide it, you can't manipulate it, it happens. We're aware of that. How many would say that's happened to you in your life? All right, so we're all there. So it's an active acceptance of an undesirable circumstance. But this is where it comes into full fruition here, okay? That are wisely seen by the individual as only part of a larger picture. I thought that was fantastic. I had to read it like 15 times to really grasp it, though. I was like, okay. Gentleness is an active acceptance of a really bad situation, of something really frustrating, of something really disturbing, a situation that's out of your control. It's an active, deliberate acceptance of it, but I'm wise enough to be seen as a larger picture. Like, this is just one piece of what's happening in my life right now. I can't see the big picture, but God can see it. So I'm okay to accept this. I can be gentle about this and react differently to it because this is just a piece of the big picture. And I'm not sure how God's going to use this to work everything out. Are you with me? Have you been there? Where they say hindsight's 2020, right? Where something happens, you're like, I don't know how we're going to get through this. I don't, this makes no sense. God, why are you against me? Why are you allowing this to happen? And then like six months, two months, a year down, five years, ten years down the road, you look back and say, why did I ever doubt God? Why, do I, why did I ever doubt that he wasn't working in me, working through me, working all things for good, right? Gentleness, because gentleness is not weakness. It's actually strength under control. And that's what I want to focus on a little bit this morning. When circumstance arise beyond our control, it's strength, it's, it's composing yourself to understand this, this is a part, this is just a piece of the picture, it's bigger. I don't know about you, but when my boys were younger, uh, they used to really try to squeeze my finger. Parents, you ever had that? You give them your swing, you go ahead, go ahead, squeeze it as hard as you can, do it, do it. And they, they would squeeze it and it wouldn't really hurt, Right? My kids are here this morning, they still kind of do it. And they squeeze and they squeeze and they squeeze. But it never hurt because they didn't need to be gentle because they lacked the power to cause me pain. Are you with me? 
right? They lack the power to cause me pain because they're so tiny. But every once in a while, I would grab their finger and give it a little squeeze until they'd yelp and be like, ah! <laughs> Not the only parent that did that, right? <laughs> they're like, Dad, you do it to me now and see, and you do it, and you just give it. And they're like, whoa, stop. Just for fun, we do that. Because it's the strong hand, not the weak one, that must learn to be gentle. My kids don't have the strength to cause me pain, so they can squeeze, they can squeeze, they can squeeze, but I can destroy them with my mighty grip. It's the strong hand that needs to learn to be gentle, not the weak one. Nikki Gumbel defines it as a harness strength. Imagine we just finished the stampede, right? Anybody love the stampede and the chuck wagons? Anybody see those Clydesdales come out? Beautiful, mighty, strong, powerful animals, but yet so gently guided by a little bridle in their mouth, under control. Strength under control. It's harnessed strength. The potential inside of me needs to be surrendered by the Spirit or to the Spirit controlling my life. I'm gonna say that again. The potential inside of me, inside of you, needs to be surrendered to the Spirit that's controlling your life. And that would be the true definition this morning that I would say you need to walk away here. If there's one thing you take away, gentleness is not weakness. It's strength under control. A gentle person doesn't overreact. It's not driven by their own emotions, not easily flying off the handle, but it's strength under control. Now, am I speaking to anybody but myself this morning? Because as I was reading through this, I'm like, a gentle person doesn't overreact. Oh. My boys have been away for four weeks, my two older boys. They've been with my folks on the East Coast. So it's been really quiet in our house with only one child. Everything in my garage is in place, right? The rooms are clean. My dad joked. He said, I've never seen your house this clean before. I'm like, the boys have been gone for four weeks. It's... Everything in the garage has its place. It was all tidy. They were home for 15 minutes. And there was stuff all over the driveway everywhere. And I was like, gentleness. I'm speaking on gentleness tomorrow. I'm speaking... It doesn't overreact. It doesn't fly off the handle, right? It's strength under control. You can clean the garage later. Your boys have been away for four weeks. You miss them. You love them. <laughs> Go hug them. Make sure you write that in your notes if you take nothing away this morning but that gentleness is strength under control. It's having God's power alive and well as a believer, but it's also having God's spirit showing us how that power is to be played out in our life. So I want to share three little points this morning in gentleness that I hope would encourage you, would guide you, would strengthen you as it has me this week on what it means to be a believer that walks in gentleness, to walk in strength under control, harnessed by the Spirit of God. And the first one is this, gentleness is a strong hand with a soft touch. Why? Because gentleness diffuses conflict. Anybody ever have conflict in your life? Anybody going through conflict right now at work with a boss, with a coworker? Anybody here going through conflict right now with their spouse? Don't nudge them with your elbow, but with a sibling, with a child, right? Conflict happens. And gentleness is a strong hand with a soft touch because it diffuses conflict. It, it de-escalates anger. It's actually the antidote to anger. The Bible says in Proverbs 15:1 that a gentle answer, what? Turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. 
My kids are yelling, which they do, and I yell, and my wife says I yell all the time, but it's just like, it's my normal, that's my insight, that's my normal voice. I'm not yelling, I'm just loud. If my children are upset and they start to yell, which they don't do because they're angels, <laughs> if your kids start yelling at you and you start yelling back, what does it do? Just escalates this, and then everybody's yelling, and then the neighbor comes over and is like, why are you yelling? It's like, why do you care? And everybody's yelling at everybody, right? It just escalates. If you fight fire with fire, it's like, ah. Oh. But if someone else raises their voice and you lower yours, you ever try that? Listen, next time your wife yells at you because whatever your wife yells at you for, If you, if you, like, if, if it's anger, right, because it happens, it's normal, we're all normal, you could be upset, frustrated, something, and so if, if someone raises their voice at you, even if it is your kids, and you're like, don't raise your voice at me, boy. If your kids do it, just, just try to combat that with lowering yours, and watch what happens. It's, it's one of the hardest things for me to do because, you know, especially my middle son, my parents tell me all the time that we're identical, right? Like, we're the same. My mom's nodding her head. She's like, they chuckle when they see me disciplining because they're like, payback. <laughs> but we're like, we're the same person. So when he's frustrated and he, I'm like, come, you want to go? Okay. He's eight. <laughs> we're, it's, it's just this, right? But I'm learning because my wife says, hey, 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 just approach, you know, or she gives me warning while I'm coming home from work. Just, just approach it this way. Just take it down a notch. And, and I've learned it actually works. She's, she's smart. If, if, if they're frustrated and they're angry and they're yelling and I come in and I just sit on the bed and I calmly just say, hey, what's going on? Instead of being like, don't you yell, right? And it, it's back and forth. Anybody else? It's just me, right? <laughs> it's amazing, like, how right my wife is. It's amazing how right she is sometimes. Well, I just like, wow, you're right. If I just go into my children and I sit down calmly and say, what's going on? Why? And I don't, I don't go there back and forth. It de-escalates it. Are you under control or are you out of control? Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, control your temper for anger labels you a fool. Or to be gentle. When you're squeezed, what happens? Do you get squeezed and the anger just explodes like or do you combat it with gentleness and just take it down a notch and say, because control, if you control your temper, you're not a fool, according to the scriptures. Gentleness is a strong hand with a soft touch. Why? Because gentleness disarms critics. The only way not to be criticized, in case you're wondering if those of you that have been criticized are reviewed on Google lately, the only way not to be criticized is to do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. Sounds easy, right? No, but we're not called for that. We're not called to do nothing, say nothing, and be. We're actually called to do. The Great Commission says go and do. And so we can't just stop and not do anything. So critics are going to be there. Critic criticism is going to happen. But people can't keep fighting with someone who is strong but under control. And maybe you've seen this in life and in your marriage and your, in your family at work. You could, you could diffuse a critic so fast by just being strong and under control. You don't need to fight it back. 
What are we supposed to do? Paul tells us we respond gently when evil things are said about us in 1 Corinthians. Because listen, this is what I've learned. The catalyst for conflict is, the, catal- the catalyst for conflict and crit- criticism is air. It's breath, it's words. And so when something happens and someone criticizes or someone says something that's negative and you get defensive and the, right, the gentleness goes away, and you, what's the catal- what, what, what causes that to just take fire and to grow? Air giving it breath, giving it words, talking about it. So if you, if you just keep going back at it and you just give it air, what, what happens to a fire when it gets air? It grows. It increases, it takes off. So gentleness is not weakness, it's strength under control. When the critics come, it's not giving air to that criticism. It's not going back, it's not speaking more words. It's strength under control and saying, okay, my mama said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, but it's strength under control. You know that you could, you know that maybe even the criticism is wrong, right? Like that's even the worst when you know, it's like this criticism is untrue and I can tell you, let me actually defend myself and there's been moments in my life, I'm sure there's been moments in yours where things have been said falsely and you can correct that, but you're only gonna bring more damage to the whole situation or you're gonna expose something else, which we're not supposed to do as believers either, right? So what do you do? You bite your tongue. Your gentleness under control. Say, well, actually, I could, I could tell you a few things to defend myself, but God says, let gentleness be the thing that controls you. You have strength inside of you. You have words that you could speak, but will it diffuse the situation or will it escalate it? Strength under control. It's a strong hand with a soft touch because gentleness is persuasive. The hard sale doesn't work anymore, right? How many people are in sales or have been in sales for a while? My father-in-law's over here. My dad, they're both in sales for a long time. If you remember, like, the hard sale used to be the thing, right? Like, hello, I'm Cal. Come on down to Cal's used cars. I got a car for you. You come on down. And, and it's, like, remember those commercials? The hard sale was, you need this and you need this. And, and, and the infomercials are selling juicers, and you want to buy 10 of them because they go, you need, how much and where can I get this juicer? The hard sale doesn't work anymore, at, at least for me. And for the majority of people I, I talk to, it's the gentleness. Mo- most of you would say maybe in this room that you've, the last thing you bought or purchased or you know, the major thing you did was because someone recommended it to you, a friend who you trusted. You think about vehicles and homes or areas where you want to live or a new toy or a bike or a motorcycle or what. <laughs> you, you, you make those big purchases, you do those things because someone recommends it or you go see a movie not because of this blasting average advertising, it was because someone said, you got to go see this, it's really great. And it was a friend, right, that recommended it to you because that hard sale doesn't work anymore. It's not persuasive. The hard pitch, gentle speech breaks down rigid defenses, Proverbs 25, 15 says. If I want my kids to do something, I try to be gentle. I don't demand, well, I try, I do demand sometimes, but it's a battle, right? It's like, I want, but I'm, I'm learning more and more. I, I did this with one of our sons. I'm not going to name who because one's in the room. But I wanted something done, and typically it was like, do this. Well, well I don't want to. Well, you better do it right now or there's going to be consequences, right? Anybody else? Do it or, do it or, and I changed my approach and said, hey, why don't you do this? Then we could go do this. And it was a gentle, different kind of approach. I was like, holy smokes, that actually worked. Don't tell my wife I said that because she suggested it. But Gentle approach, right? It's persuasive. When we use gel, it's not a hard tactic. It's not a hard sale. It's not a consequence. Greg, if you do this, I'm going to do this. Or if you don't do this, I'm going to do this. But instead it's like, hey, 
why don't we do this and then we could go do this? Or, hey, buddy, if you, if you take care of this, this, and this, then we'll have more time to go do this, this, and this. And all of a sudden, it seems like it was a good idea because it was theirs. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll get it. It's just, it's a different approach. And if I take it down a notch, they start to listen. But I have to lean into a supernaturally changed heart in order to accomplish that. Are you with me? I can't do it on my own. I can't do it in my own strength. And that's why it's saying it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's a byproduct of what comes out when we allow the Spirit to take control of our lives because you can't do it on your own. I don't have the strength on my own to be gentle. It's not in my nature. But as I, I allow the Spirit to control me like we're supposed to, then the Spirit through me allows me to be able to do those things that are not in character naturally for me. And I'm no longer controlled by myself, I'm controlled by the Spirit, which we're supposed to be as believers. Proverbs 16, 12 says this, that a wise, more mature person, so I like to think of myself, right? No, a wise, more mature, is known for understanding. The more pleasant his words, the more persuasive he is. Hmm. Here's the truth on this point, and I'll leave it at this. I want you to say this. I'm never persuasive. Oh, come on, everybody. You got to say it. Say, I'm never persuasive when I'm abrasive. Right? Just a simple truth. You're never persuasive when you're abrasive. So let gentleness, strength under control come in. The second point is this. A gentle person speaks the truth in a way that others can receive. Why? Because gentleness is attractive. You're drawn to it. You receive it almost like a, like a football player receives a touchdown pass, right? Like gentleness is like you're attracted to it. It's like, wow, that, like, I want to be around that. That's way nicer. The music I played earlier, right? Like I was taken right to my massage therapist and I was like, oh, that music. It's just I'm attracted to it because I know what's coming. But that other stuff, right, that we played was just awful, and it's not attractive, and you just want to run and just be as far away from it as you can. But gentleness is attractive. Where are all the single guys at? Where are all the dudes? Do you want to be attractive, dudes? Max, like, come on. Gentleness is attractive. Guys, if you're looking for that special someone, gentleness is attractive. First Timothy 8.16 says this to the men. As a man of God, pursue what God approves. And this is Paul mentoring Timothy. He says, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. It's attractive. Ladies want to see that. All right? There you go. Go out and practice gentleness, and you'll have a girlfriend by next Sunday. <laughs> That's for the guys, but now where are all the girls at? Where are all the single ladies? All the single ladies. All the sing no? There's like three people started the dance. It's like, wait. Ladies, gentleness. First Peter 3, 4, 4 says this to the women. You should be known for the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Listen, beauty will fade. I'm just going to leave that there. <laughs> beauty will fade. I mean, my wife is probably the most attractive woman on the planet. But that's going to fade. But what's inside never fades. 
you know what I mean? We get old. Things start moving in places that they're not supposed to move. Hair starts to get gray. Wrinkles start to form. All the wives are nudging their husbands. I told you. He's noticing it too. Beauty will fade. But First Peter says here, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, that won't fade because that comes from within. A gentle person speaks truth in a way others can receive it. Why? Because gentleness communicates love. You talk to diffuses, it disarms, it's persuasive, it's attractive, but it communicates love. And it's the quickest way to improve a relationship is to talk more gently. It's not only true in marriage, right? But would you agree in marriage? Just talk more gently. It diffuses, it disarms, it's persuasive, and it's attractive. You talk more gently to your spouse or to your children, it's like, wow, everything, everything just changes. It's like, I, I, want to, I want to be for you. I want to do whatever, whatever you're asking right now. I want to do it just because you're being so gentle. So I tried it last night. I was like, sweetie, can I please have a motorcycle? And she said, yeah, baby, you're being so gentle. I'm going to buy you three. Gentleness is persuasive. It's attractive. It's not just true in marriage, but in parenting, it's the key to effective parenting. The Bible says, fathers, don't provoke your children, but raise them tenderly and gently. Think about that the next time you're, you're disciplining your children. There's, there's wisdom. It's not just children obey your parents, right? We love that. We go, but it's like, fathers, don't provoke your children. What does that mean? means if they're yelling at you, maybe don't yell back. They're children. You're supposed to have strength under control because their strength, they don't have the strength to hurt you, right? They don't need to harness that. They can squeeze your finger all day. That doesn't hurt. You're grown. You're mature. So don't fight fire with fire. Don't provoke them. Be gentle. Be tender. That's tough. In business, in friendships, with neighbors. How many of you have a neighbor that you don't want to be nice to? For the most part, we don't have that, but there's always that one, right? It's like, Oh my gosh, be gentle. Why? Because it's attractive. It's persuasive. It speaks truth in ways that other people can receive it. Third one is this, and the final one as we wrap up this morning. True followers of Christ are distinguished by gentleness. That last picture that we had in this or that, right? This is gentle, this is not. That was kind of funny, right? We have Mother Teresa and we have Donald Trump. But if we want to talk about strength, strong believers, we want to talk about one of the most world-renowned servants. Mother Teresa is right there, right? We all look, nobody's got a, nobody's got a criticism about Mother Teresa. Well, she could have done this a little better. She could have, she could have rescued a few more orphans. I mean, she, we just look at Mother Teresa and we're like, wow, what an example of servant, of gentle, of controlled by the Spirit. And that's what I want to be. I would imagine that Jesus, when he caught the woman, or when Jesus didn't get, but the woman caught in adultery, right? And everybody's standing around. What do you do with a woman who's caught in adultery in those times? They stone her to death, right? So they're standing around getting ready to stone and like, I would, I would imagine at that point, Jesus had every right. I mean, he's Jesus, and the woman was caught in adultery. He could have ran in and said, what are you doing? This is not, and he could have raised his voice. 
He could have quoted scripture. He could have said, you're supposed to be, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, he could have came in like a, a wrecking ball. I came in like a, no. <laughs> but what happens is all these people are standing around ready, like, we caught you in adultery, we're going to stone you. And when we got Jesus over here, he's playing in the sand. Right? He's just, scriptures tells us he's just taking his finger and he's dry, drawn in the sand over here. It's the perfect example of gentle Jesus. Strength of like, yeah, she deserves this. Yeah, she. But who else of you don't deserve it? If you who are without sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. And he's just playing in the sand. I mean, this doesn't get more gentle than that. It's like, I'm just over here drawn in the sand. It, like he's Jesus. He could have done anything, but he's drawn in the sand and saying, yeah, go, go ahead and th- throw, throw a stone if you don't have sin in your life. Go, yeah, go ahead. Diffused it. And gentleness, true followers of Christ are distinguished by it. Because unbelievers are watching you all the time, just in case you didn't know that. People who are far from Christ or close to Christ or just about to discover Christ, they're watching you all the time as believers. When you're being squeezed under stress, under pressure, how are you reacting? Because when you react with gentleness, people notice. And when you react without gentleness, people notice. So what do you want them to see? This is evangelism 101. It's what it's all about. It's why we exist. It's the Great Commission. It's the calling on every single one of our lives to be distinguished by gentleness. You can't win your enemies to Christ. You can only win your friends, and you're not going to get friends unless you're gentle and showing the character of Christ because they're not attracted to abrasiveness, right? You have to build a bridge of love to them like I said at the beginning of this message this morning, if people like what they see, they will listen to what you say. I mean, it's all about, we, we could develop this fruit in our lives just to be better parents, just to be better spouses, just to be better uh, employees, to be better friends. But ultimately, gentleness in our lives, strength under control is, is much bigger than all of that. It's for the unbeliever. It's for people that are watching us so they look and they see Jesus. If they like what they see, they're going to listen to what you say. But if they're not liking what they see, they'll never listen to what you say. Because the reality is people aren't going to trust Jesus until they trust you. Gentleness is a witness to the unbelievers. It makes me like Jesus. As we close, Matthew 11, 28, 29 says this, come to me, you know this passage, right? All who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Is it possible this morning that maybe the stress you're feeling in your life, the pressure that you're feeling, you're being squeezed and gentleness is not coming out? Maybe, may I suggest this morning that it's possible that all this is happening because your life is not gentle? The more gentle you become, the more like Jesus you become, the more at peace you become, right? Come to me, all who are weary. You weary this morning? All who are burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls through gentleness. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. It's strength under control. The kind of fruit that when squeezed produces grape juice. Who could you practice gentleness with this week? What's God speaking to you this morning about, hey, there's some areas of your life you haven't been so gentle in. It's time. It's time to bring that strength under control and harness the words that are coming out of your mouth. Harness the actions of how you're reacting to things and show people the gentleness that comes from Jesus. My homework for you is this. I close with Philippians 4, 5 says this, let your gentleness be evident to all. Not your abrasiveness, not your opinion, not your Google review. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Amen? Would you stand with me as the worship team leads us in a song? What powerful words this morning. Show me and lead me. I'll build my life on this foundation. Amen? God, let our gentleness be evident to all. Let our, let our gentleness be evident to all, to every person that we come in contact with, to our families, to our coworkers, to our neighbors, to our spouses. May we build our lives on this firm foundation that you're leading us by your spirit and we're submitting to that strength. Where gentleness will be coming out of our mouths, where gentleness will be the, the actions that we portray, that it would be a sweet-smelling fragrance to everybody we come in contact with. God, help us to walk in gentleness. Let our gentleness be evident to all. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. God bless you. Have an awesome week. Hope you have a fantastic day today. Take care.